Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast would be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives that we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And FCBC family, if you cannot remember all of that, what are our three favorite words here? Live, love, serve. Amen. So while you're still standing, uh, we're going to read our scriptures for the morning. Um, And so this morning, I decided to use two different primary texts. As you can see, I don't know if they can see it in front of me, but I have my first book um, entitled All About Love by Bell Hooks. And then, of course, our lovely Bible. So I'm going to read uh, the scripture for this morning, and it's in Romans 14, 12. And it's a very simple verse, um, but it will help to create the context and make sense in our sermon this morning. So the scripture reads for Romans 14, 12, once they have it up on the screen. Amen. Okay. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. I'm going to say that one more time. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. And from the book All About Love, the two phrases or the two uh, passages that I want to read for you this morning. The first one says, the more we accept ourselves, the better prepared we are to take responsibility in our lives. I'm going to read that one more time. The more we accept ourselves, the better prepared we are to take responsibility in our lives. And the second one, her second passage, taking responsibility means that in the face of barriers, we still have the capacity to invent our lives to shape our destinies in ways that maximize our well-being. In ways that maximize our well-being. Let me breathe out one more time. Taking responsibility means that in the face of barriers, we still have the capacity to invent our lives and to shape our destinies in ways that maximize our well-being. Let us pray this morning. God, we thank you this morning. Before we ask of anything, God, we just say thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for carrying us this year. And thank you, oh God, for just being God. Lord, we ask that in this service, 
this morning that you have your way. That you do what it is that you need to do. That you speak the message, God, that you allow me to get out the way. Do what you need to do in this moment, oh God. And let your word be planted on good soil so that it may be fruitful and flourish. We love you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wherever you are, you all may be seated. So I t- uh, in her book, um, All About Love, Bell Hooks, essentially, if you haven't had a chance to read it, it's a phenomenal book. She's attempting to help us understand what is love. You know, a lot of times we, um, people ask us, have you been in love or do you know what love is? And a lot of times we can always say what love isn't, but we can never say what love is. And so in her book, she makes the daring attempt to describe love, to describe what love is, what also what love isn't, and then also the barriers and the challenges that we face when, it, when we're attempting to show love to the people around us. And for this particular uh, sermon, the chapter that I used was entitled, Let Love Be Love in Me. Let love be love in me. And the chapter opens up with this really powerful phrase. And it stopped me dead in my tracks when I was reading it. I could not literally go on to the next page because when I saw the words of what she was saying about what love entails, I knew that there was a reckoning moment and a moment that I needed to do for myself to realize and to see if I was in alignment with love. And in her chapter, she opens up with the phrase and says, commitment to truth-telling lays the groundwork for the openness and honesty that is at the heartbeat of love. Let me say that one more time. Commitment to truth-telling lays the groundwork for the openness and honesty that is at the heartbeat of love. If we cannot be honest with ourselves, honest with the people around us, then at the core, our foundation is not love. It's something else disguised as love because we are not honest. And in order for love to really grow, you have to be honest with yourself. And a lot of us right now are struggling to be honest about who we are, about what we've done, and about how we show up in this world. Institutions have not been honest about who they are and what they've done. America has not been honest about who she is and what she's done. We have to be honest in order for love to be at the heartbeat of who we are as people and as a society. And the reason why I mentioned to you all that this particular phrase hit me like a ton of bricks was because I had, I was reading this book at a very interesting moment in my life. And at this particular moment, I'd found myself a bit stressed out, a bit overwhelmed, and finding myself struggling to take a hold 
of my life. And we've all had those moments. So I can be honest with you all, FCBC, we're not perfect. As pastors, we have flaws. As pastors, we go through things. And at this particular moment, I knew that I needed to do something radically different to shift my circumstance. I had to do something radically different to shift my circumstance. And so what I remembered was that I wasn't being honest with myself. Honest with who I was and honest with how I was showing up. You see, in 2018, I'd received a diagnosis for a mood disorder called PMDD. Now, a lot of people don't know about this disorder because it's something that uh, doesn't have a lot of research and or studies about it. There's about only three out of 10 women that really have this um, sort of diagnosis. And it's connected to PMDD, which stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And it's connected to your menstrual cycle. And a part of it is sort of the emotions and the experiences. Sometimes you can go through modes of depression, feelings of irritability, all of those wonderful things. And so what I realized was that because I had not taken account for my diagnosis, because I had not sought the right information, and because, quite frankly, I was afraid to be honest with people. I was afraid to tell people what was happening with me. I kept downplaying it, but what I realized at the core was that I was never being honest with myself about my diagnosis and about who it was that I was showing up in this world. And so for me, when I read those words by Bell Hooks, I realized that it was a moment for me to be honest with the people in my life about what I was going through. And so accountability, she says, is the more that we accept ourselves, the better pre prepared we are to take responsibility. And she says this really beautiful phrase, we can't always stop things from happening that are out of our control, but we can always decide how to respond to them. You see, I didn't ask to have PMDD and ask to be a black woman in America and ask for these challenges. You didn't ask for the plights in your life. You didn't ask for this pandemic. And yet still, God is calling upon each one of us in this season to still take accountability for our lives, to take accountability for who we are. Because what I realized was that the minute I started to take accountability for my diagnosis, the minute I just started to make decisions that were related to my health and my well-being, then things began to radically shift in my life. But the first thing that I had to do and that you have to do is to be honest with yourself. And in reading that, you ought to not be afraid to take accountability because you have the power, despite what might be happening to you, 
you still have the power this morning. And so what was so beautiful about sort of this particular moment in my life was that I realized that there were really three entities that I had to be accountable to, okay? So the first three, the three entities were self, God, and community. Now, community can be a host of things. It can be your family. It can be your friends. It can be your job. It can be your neighborhood. It can be the world, however you define community. But in this life, there are three people. You can even add some more. But for this moment, three people or three things that I and we have to hold ourselves accountable to in this life. Self, God, and community. And one of the hardest things to do as a clinician is to get people to take accountability for themselves. It's one of the hardest things to do as a clinician because it requires some inward work. It requires an inward journey. It requires you to be honest about the parts of yourselves that you thought you could hide, that you thought you can put underneath. But what I realized about life is that whether you acknowledge it or not, it's still there. And rather it happening to you, you can happen to it. Meaning you can take control of your situation. And so there are two ways. So we have the macro, which is the leaders and the institutions. And then we have the micro which is the people in our lives, it's our individual relationships, it's in our interpersonal relationships. And in this particular scripture, what's so beautiful about it is that Paul, between the chapters of chapter 12 and chapter 16, is trying to create a very practical way for us to think about how we show up in this world. Before that, in the sort of the chapters previous to that, Paul was really kind of focusing on sort of like his theological beliefs and his theological identity and how he understood God. But in these chapters from chapters 12 through 16, Paul is outlining a practical way for us to show up and how we take accountability and responsibility towards God and towards the people in our lives. And so if you go through this entire chapter, you'll find many of phrases where Paul is exhorting the ways in which that we are required to show up, who we're required to be, and how, and in the ways that we can be accountable to ourselves. And so when I started to read this particular scripture, I realized that there were really sort of six elements to uh, accountability. Six elements to accountability. So wherever you are, if you have a pen and paper, you can pull these out and you can write them down. So the six elements to accountability or sort of what the elements that we need to create spaces for accountability. The first one is an embodied ethic of love. An embodied ethic of love. Now, what does this love look like? This love is a love that is not about feelings. It's a love that's in action. It's a love 
where you show up for the people around you. It's a love that says, I see the humanity in my neighbor. It's a love that says, I see the humanity in myself. So in order for us as a society and as people and as individuals to truly begin to take accountability, there are these six elements. And the first one that we have to embody is an ethic of love. Because if we do not have love, then we do not allow for people to be open and honest and vulnerable. If we do not operate in love, it means that people will find themselves closed off, not wanting to admit their past failures or admit what's happening with them. But if we live and embody an ethic of love, it creates space and an openness for people to be accountable. So the first one is operate in an embodied ethic of love. The second is strive for constant reflection. Strive for constant reflection. You cannot be aware of what you don't know. And the beautiful part about life is that life is an opportunity for us to be in constant reflection. And in order for us to create spaces of accountability, we have to be willing to reflect on our choices and on our actions. And what I had to do for myself was reflect on how I was showing up, what I was doing. And so when you find yourself in situations or reckoning moments or moments where there needs to be a shift or reconciliation and or healing, you need to do the most important thing, which is to reflect and to be in constant reflection. And for those of us that are empaths and sort of uh, what I would call sensitive people, we oftentimes, reflection is our greatest gift and our greatest Achilles heel. But the beauty about it is that when you have an opportunity to reflect, you take moments of pause. Moments of pause to examine your life, to examine why what someone did hurt you. Why did you feel that way? Why did you respond this way? Why did you speak to this person this way? Why did you make this decision? And if you do not do constant reflection, you will never know. You will never take the time to find out. And so for in order for us to be accountable as individuals, accountable to the people that we love, accountable to our world, we have to be in constant reflection. We have to know ourselves intimately. We have to know ourselves deeply. It's a lot of work. It's painful at times. It's hard. But it has to be done. Because if we're not reflecting, if institutions are not reflecting, if here at FCBC, at the end of the year, every single year, we reflect on what we've done and we take accountability for what has happened and then we make decisions to make things different or to keep things going. But at the end of the day, we are always in constant reflection. 
Constant reflection. Asking ourselves, why? Why? The third one is you foster a space for vulnerability. Foster a space for vulnerability. Vulnerability is one of the hardest things that we can do in our lives. But one of my favorite uh, authors and clinicians and speakers, Brene Brown, says that vulnerability is the greatest gift that we can give ourselves. It's the greatest act of courage. And so vulnerability goes both ways. If we decide in this life that vulnerability is how we're going to show up, vulnerability is how we're going to lead our lives. When we make that decision, it allows for us to be honest. When we find ourselves willing to be vulnerable, it means that we have courage. But not only does it require a person to be vulnerable, but it requires that we create space to allow people in our lives to be vulnerable. What are the systems? Can somebody come to you right now and be honest with you about what they're going through, about what they might have done to you, about what they might have did? Have you created spaces that will make and allow people to feel comfortable, to be vulnerable and honest about the ugliness in their lives and about what is happening in their lives? Have you created space for vulnerability, to grow and to thrive? Are you creating space for vulnerability? And are you choosing to live a life of vulnerability this morning? And of course, the fourth one is that you strive to be honest. Because when you embody an ethic of love or when you create space and when you walk in an embodied ethic of love and when you find yourself in constant reflection and you allow vulnerability to lead your life, then you can be honest. Honest about who you are. Honest about what is happening. And when I think about institutions, when I think about why we are in the situation that we are right now, it's because leaders chose not to be honest. Leaders chose not to be vulnerable. Leaders chose not to reflect on what happened in the last pandemic and make the same mistakes in this pandemic. So we have to take accountability for the decisions that we make, for the things that show up in our lives, the things that are unwanted, the things that we didn't ask for, the things that we didn't quote unquote deserve. All of those things. Bell Hooks is telling you this morning, I am telling you this morning, God is telling you this morning, that yet you still have the power. And the way to do that is to take accountability. Is to take accountability. And so once you're honest, then you have acceptance. Now this can be the hardest one. Because acceptance means not just accepting what you've said, but accepting the consequences of your actions. For me, 
with whatever decision I chose to do in that particular moment regarding my diagnosis. Pastor Des shared a couple months back that ultimately there really is no right or wrong decision, right? But sometimes it's just make the decision. And so for me, I had to just make a decision about how I was going to choose from this moment forward to encounter, to treat my diagnosis. And if I decided to go the route of taking care of myself, if I decided to go the route of medication, whatever it might have been, I had to be willing to accept those consequences. So for you this morning, after you've been in constant reflection, after you've been honest, are you willing to take, are you willing to accept whatever comes next? Because sometimes whatever comes next, you may not like. Because sometimes taking accountability means that there might be punishments. Sometimes taking accountability means that we have to remove ourselves from situations. Taking accountability sometimes may not be the thing that we like to do, and we may not be willing to accept what happens next, but if you do not have accept what happens next, then the last part, radical change cannot happen. Radical change cannot happen if you do not choose to accept the consequences of how you choose to be honest. Because there are always consequences when we make the choice to be honest. And of course, the last one is radical change. Because when you often take accountability, radical change happens. When you take accountability for yourself and how you show up, when you take accountability for what you've done, when you take accountability for what is happening in your life, in that moment, radical change happens. And like I said, sometimes this radical change is not a change we like, but it's a change that is necessary. And when I think about where we are in this country right now, the only way that we're going to see radical change, the only way that we're going to find ourselves on the other side, the only way that we're going to find ourselves in beloved community is if we begin to individually take accountability. And if institutions that support ideas of racism and sexism and homophobia, if they do not take accountability for who they are, if the church does not take accountability for the things that it has done, then radical change is not on the agenda. It's not on the agenda. And the special sauce of it all, that's what I call the special sauce, because we got the six elements. The special one is courage. Because it takes courage to show up. It takes courage to be better. It takes courage to say, I'm sorry. It takes courage to realize that maybe the parameters that you created in your life are 
are a direct consequence of what is happening. We all make decisions. And sometimes those decisions are good, and sometimes those decisions don't always go in our favor. But at the end of the day, we are always accountable to the decision that we make and the life that we lead. And so the last thing is that accountability, I mentioned to you all the six elements, but what accountability is not is blame. Say that one more time. What accountability is not is blame. Blame comes out of anger. Blame comes out of frustration. Blame comes out of being irritated. Blame doesn't create radical change. It only points fingers. But if we want to ask ourselves, are we creating spaces of vulnerability? Are we embodying a love ethic that would allow for the people in our lives to want to even be able to take accountability? There is fear in what could possibly happen when we take accountability. But we have to realize that it's truly bigger than us. It's truly bigger than us. And what the power of accountability, let me say, when the power, say that one more time, when the power of accountability is enacted in our lives, then it means that we show up better. It means that we're able to articulate our needs and our wants better. It means that we become better in tune with our emotions and can pinpoint and identify our triggers. When we become more accountable, we make space for healing to happen more frequently. When we become accountable, we make space for forgiveness and grace. When we become accountable, we take responsibility of our world and those who inhabit it. When we become accountable, we make love our language. When we become accountable, we raise responsible human beings. When we become accountable, we become community. And at this moment in our lives, this very critical juncture in our society, the way in which we are going to create beloved community, the way in which we can begin to heal in our personal relationships, the way that we can begin to accept who we are, the way that we can begin to see us win or find ourselves on the other side of this pandemic, the only way that we're going to shift as a country, the only way that we are going to create beloved community this morning, FCBC, is if we begin to take accountability. We can make love our language this morning. We can allow healing to be at the core of who we are. We can allow grace and mercy to be what we extend to those around us. That is who we are. And in order for us to create this beloved community, FCBC, we must be accountable. We must be accountable. And these six elements that I spoke about this morning, 
these six elements are going to allow for us to begin reflecting on what we need to do as individuals and as society when we begin to create or embody a radical love ethic. We create space for vulnerability. We allow love to be our language. And I don't know about you, FCBC, but I want healing and love to be at the core of my life. And in order for me to do that, and in order for you to do that, and in order for God to do that, we have to be accountable. This week, my prayer for you is that you find yourself in constant reflection, that you find yourself asking why. Why do I feel this way? Why have I done this? Why did I make this decision? And we begin to reflect and understand who we are. We can begin to be honest so that we can begin to see radical change. And I know FCBC right now in our world, it feels like change is the hardest thing, but change is possible. Change is possible. Let us pray. God, we thank you for taking us on this journey, on this journey of accountability, on this journey of love, on this journey of grace, on this journey of vulnerability, on this journey of courage. God, where we say, no, we will not allow life to happen to us, but that we will stand, that we will be courageous, and that we will take accountability. God, we pray right now for our country. God, we pray, Lord, for our leaders to begin to take accountability, God. We pray for our families. We pray for our relationships, oh God, this morning. Relationships that have been broken because we have not been honest and we have not been vulnerable. Relationships that need healing, God, because we failed to be accountable. So help us, God, to live courageous lives. We love you. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen, FCBC. Make sure this week that you are doing the work to be accountable. Remember the six elements. And remember that you can be courageous. God bless you. And we love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.